Welcome to Taiwan Report News Brief, news analysis and context from Taichung, Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith. All right, up today on the show, Taiwan continues to lead in tech with a potential German acquisition. Taichung's MRT woes look like they're worse than thought. The KMT acting awful in the legislature, and yes, that pun was intended. Gao Jiayu has had a terrible week. And finally, the defense ministry says the AIT director is wrong on arms sales. But up first, headlines. The number of reported HIV infections in Taiwan has declined for three consecutive years since 2017. Minister of Health and Welfare Chen Shizhong cited joint efforts by various government agencies for the success. Cases peaked at 3,377 in 2005, but as of the end of October, the number of people with HIV had dropped to 1,190, down 21% from the same period last year. Travelers to Taiwan who present faked COVID-19 test results on arrival could face a maximum fine of 150,000 NT, which works out to 5,266 US dollars. Taiwan Global Wafers, or Taiwan's Global Wafers Company, the third largest silicon wafer supplier in the world, has confirmed that it is close to an agreement to acquire a German competitor, Siltronic AG, for 375 billion euros. Siltronic is the fourth largest supplier, and its acquisition will boost Global Wafer's market share from 18% to 25%, cementing its third place position. The two biggest suppliers are Japanese, holding 31% and 28% of the market, respectively. This will further strengthen Taiwan's role in advanced tech. Taiwan's crucial and pivotal role in tech makes it important to the national security of advanced economies and their militaries, which is something both the U.S. and China are acutely aware of. Local Chinese language media is reporting that another coupler on Taichung's MRT has broken and six others have problems. There's 36 couplers in total, so this is clearly a big problem. Theories on what the problem is include poor manufacturing or that the sharp turn near the end of the line is putting undue stress on them. If it is a manufacturing issue, presumably they can be solved, but this may take some time. If the sharp turn is the problem, if they can't come up with a manufactured solution, it could force the MRT to run single cars only or spend a huge amount of money changing the line itself. Their current plans are for two car trains to run initially, growing to longer ones later. The December 19th launch date is now in serious doubt, with the mayor noting that now there is, quote, no timetable. The KMT's attempts to block the importation of U.S. meat, especially pork containing ractopamine, which will be allowed from January 1st, continued to escalate. Here is how the Taipei Times described what happened. Chinese Nationalist Party or KMT lawmakers yesterday pelted Premier Su Zhenchang with pigskin and entrails as he addressed the Legislative UN on pork imports for the first time since the KMT's boycott began on September 18th. 
Opposition lawmakers have been demanding an apology from the government for its decision to lift its ban on the importation of U.S. pork containing residues of the livestock drug ractopamine. After Sue arrived at 10 a.m. for his 13th attempt to deliver a regular policy report, the Democratic Progressive Party, or DPP caucus, moved to change the agenda to accommodate the premier. The motion resulted in cries of dissent from across the aisle as KMT chairman Johnny Chang protested that legislative speaker Yoshi Quinn was rushing a vote without addressing the KMT's objection. After the motion passed, Sue took the podium at 10.20 a.m., surrounded by DPP lawmakers. KMT legislators attempted to drown him out with whistles and air horns, dumping buckets of pig skin and offal on the podium and the floor. In his five-minute report, Sue said that the government would continue its efforts to protect food safety in Taiwan with the same diligence applied to dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and previously with African swine fever. Chinese language media reported that the five-minute report was the shortest in history. Continuing with the Taipei Times. There are to be on-site inspections at U.S. meat factories, clear labeling of the products, and strict enforcement of the regulations, he said. Taiwan must open up to the international community and connect with the global economic network, Su said, adding that the U.S. is Taiwan's most powerful ally. The KMT lawmakers were dressed in black shirts that read, Oppose Ractopamine Pork, Consider Health. While Sue gave his report, scuffles broke out between KMT lawmakers and DPP representatives. At one point, KMT legislator Sra Kaka was knocked over by Taiwan State Building Party legislator Chen Bowei when he bent over to grab a garbage bag. KMT caucus whip Lin Weizhou and others leapt forward to drag Chen away by the neck, causing a scuffle to erupt that was quelled by DPP lawmakers. Straw Kaka later said that he was not pushed over, although Chen should not have pushed him. From local media reporting, Chen was fighting off 35 KMT lawmakers while he was being dragged by the neck and being punched himself. The next day, he pledged to go for 36 next time. Now back to the Taipei Times. Afterward, Lin, Chang, and other KMT lawmakers convened a news conference outside the legislative chamber to apologize for the events of the morning while defending their actions. Lin apologized for the KMT caucus's use of pig entrails, saying it was meant to emphasize that U.S. offal containing ractopamine would be imported to Taiwan, as the U.S. rarely utilizes these parts. Apparently, he's never had a hot dog. At the very least, the caucus is calling for complete factory inspections and clear labeling, he added. Chang said that the day's proceedings were deeply flawed and from before the start of the session to Yo's handling of legislative procedures, adding that Sue never should have been allowed to take the podium. Quote, President Tsai Ing-wen keeps claiming that this is for the nation's benefit, but is public health not in the nation's interest, Chang asked. DPP lawmakers convened their own news conference shortly thereafter, accusing the KMT of losing their minds to factionalism. The KMT and its calculations is no longer thinking about the country or the functioning of the legislature, DPP caucus whip Ke Jianming said. Under Chang's stewardship, instead of considering how to question the premier or ministers, the KMT is only concerned with how to destroy the legislative forum, Kerr added. 
The DPP called on its counterparts across the aisle to turn around its behavior or risk forever relegating itself to the status of opposition party. Okay, so obviously this got totally out of control. Now, there was some talk on the TV news that they hadn't originally intended to throw the pig guts, but considering they apparently went through a lot of trouble going from night market to might market to collect it, they clearly had something dramatic in mind. This year, under new KMT chair Johnny Chang, the intensity of the fighting seems to have increased. In the 1990s, the fighting was also sometimes intense. And with, most famously, this year's KMT presidential nominee and then lawmaker, Han Guoyu, putting then fellow lawmaker and future president Chen Suibian in the hospital. Back then, much of the violence was intended to demonstrate to their constituents that they were fighting for their interests. And back then, multiple lawmakers were elected from each district. It meant that a lot more lawmakers needing less votes to get into office. So even if the antics turned off a majority of the voters, they could still win. They later switched to the current first-past-the-post system along with appointed party-list lawmakers and a more streamlined legislature. During this era, the violence was rarer and followed a set of unwritten rules. In short, no serious harm was to come to anyone. This year, however, in some cases, it looked like that was close to becoming a serious possibility. As for the fallout, Of course, the international media had a field day with this, and watching a BBC TV report describing the pig guts and punching was painful to watch. Interestingly, the KMT's own youth league came out against the KMT's behavior on this. Taiwan's largest pig farmers association, Swine ROC, (laughs) called it, quote, unacceptable and disrespectful. Separately, Johnny Chang called for President Tsai to have a public debate with him on the issue. She'd be foolish to march to the beat of Chang's drum, however, and I doubt she'll do so. Chang is also threatening more public demonstrations over the issue if the government doesn't back down. DPP lawmaker Gao Jiayu has had a terrible week. She was elected the youngest member ever of the National Assembly in 2005, to the Taipei City Council in 2010, and to the legislature this year. She has an impressive resume with a law degree and a master's in cross-strait relations from Taiwan's top university, National Taiwan University. Her Instagram account is amusingly NTU Fish, which I assume is her alma mater, plus a play in her name. Young, attractive, knowledgeable, and articulate, and based in Taipei, she has been a mainstay of the TV talk shows for years and got a lot of press. Over the last year, however, she took a series, oh, sorry, over the last week, however, she took a series of beatings on those same news channels. Up first, she was questioned about the price of a house she bought, which was lower than the average for the area. She defended herself, saying she paid a lot up front for the discount and that she had been frugal for years, not buying designer goods and cooking her own food. She also has a decent salary. In a seriously ill-thought move, she posted pictures of her apartment and intended to show she was frugal and to show she understood the plight of young people struggling to afford a home. The pictures showed a huge pile of clothes and on her mattress a pillow that was seriously stained and disgusting and without a pillowcase. That generated a lot of online discussion, press attention, and articles on pillow sanitation. 
The next day, she said having the clothes in a big pile made it more convenient to find them, admitting she was a hoarder, and she said she found the pillow, quote, very comfortable. And again, the very next day, she was back in the news after a former fellow city councilor from the KMT accused her of buying a designer bag on a city government trip to Italy in 2011, belying her claim to not buy designer labels. And once again, there was Gao defending herself in the media, saying she had bought it for her mother. She was also accused of being lazy, which, to her credit, city government officials and even Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhou of the Taiwan People's Party denied, saying she was very hardworking and diligent. Just when you think this would all finally die down, she's back in the news again the next day for her appearance in the legislature. All her fellow DPP lawmakers showed up on the big battle day described in the last segment wearing black, except her. She was wearing a pink blouse and gray slacks, very much standing out. A fellow DPP lawmaker criticized her, noting they were all supposed to be together on this. She was also accused of looking tired, which seems a pretty cheap shot from the press, considering they'd been beating her up all week. Who wouldn't be tired under the circumstances? Now, I missed her entire response on the TV news, but there was something about she was happy she'd lost three kilos. If this weren't all enough, it then came out she'd set up a bank account and a group to solicit political donations. She said it was still early days. They weren't using it yet, and it was for the future. And they were still thinking of what they were going to do with it. She denied she was planning to run for Taipei mayor in 2022, but didn't rule out a run in 2026. But she wasn't sure because she might not be, quote, so young, cute, and pretty then. Now, that's a pretty remarkable statement. It's both a bit arrogant and deeply insecure at the same time. Gao has been something of a spearhead for a younger generation of politicians, especially women who have been elected much more on their own terms than their predecessors, engaging in things like cosplay and being more open about who they are, and in a way that is hard to imagine in other countries. She seems to think, however, that her success is reliant on her being young, cute, and pretty. I think she's selling herself and Taiwan short on this. In the beginning, it no doubt helped her get on the talk shows, especially the young part. There weren't many young politicians, and they didn't have many options, and youth movements played a big role in the 2010s. However, she hasn't been a novelty for years now, and there's a generation of younger politicians now, including the cosplaying fellow DPP lawmaker Lai Pinyu, who at 28 is 12 years younger than Gao. Yet, Gao has remained much more of a fixture on the talk shows. My take is that is because she is knowledgeable, articulate, experienced, hardworking, and holds her own. The Ministry of National Defense rejected speculation that it might be planning to purchase arms worth 5.2 billion U.S. from the U.S. next year. American Institute in Taiwan, Director Brent Christensen, told a forum in Taipei on Saturday and said that U.S. arms sales to Taiwan this year amounted to 11.8 billion U.S. and that 5.2 billion in sales were planned for next year. According to the Taipei Times, people familiar with the matter who spoke on the condition of anonymity said that the confusion stemmed from differences in budgeting cycles in Taiwan and the U.S. For the fiscal year 2020, Notified arms sales to Taiwan totaled 11.8 billion U.S. Well, for the fiscal year 2021, which began in last month, 
5.8 billion in arms sales have already been disclosed, they said, adding that all these sales have already been made public. Christensen said the sales are to help the nation develop asymmetric warfare capabilities. He also said that arms sales to Taiwan have long been a bipartisan consensus in Washington, and the U.S. would fulfill its obligations under the U.S.'s Taiwan Relations Act. Let's hope more deals are on the way. All right, on Wednesday, I'll be recording a show with Michael Turton where we examine our early political educations in Taiwan, which were radically different. Now, the show will probably come out by the weekend, I hope, and we will talk about how when he was in Washington, D.C., working with a pro-Taiwan independence group, he got to meet a lot of uh, key DPP politicians. While I was in Taiwan getting drunk and hanging out with local factional Pauls who were quite sleazy. Anyway, it should be an interesting show, and I look forward to that. All right, tune into the next show and hit like and subscribe and all that good stuff. And of course, if you can, support us as a patron on Patreon. It really does help a lot keep this project going forward. This project going forward. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw.